1: Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today on the She's Invincible podcast. And do we have one of the most invincible ones returning for the second time on the She's Invincible podcast. I am so excited to introduce you. Robert is one of those rare individuals who embraces change and lives by a philosophy, which he calls possibility in action. Born in New York City, Robert has also lived in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, Rome, and now lives in Abruzzo. He received his MBA from Columbia University and was quickly recruited by one of the largest sovereign wealth funds, the Abu Dhabi Investment Authority, in 1997. It was shortly after accepting the position that he and his wife were confronted with an extreme life event that shook the very foundation of all their hopes and dreams. Desiree, his wife, was diagnosed with late breast cancer. Unfortunately, she succumbed to metastatic breast cancer just 11 years after her diagnosis. Following her death, Robert reassessed his life and decided to share the many lessons he learned by becoming a certified life coach, keynote speaker, and most recently, author. In addition, he pursued a childhood dream to live in Italy and now lives in the same small Italian village his great-grandfather immigrated from. Robert is the author of Chasing Life, the remarkable true story of love, joy, and achievement against all odds, and A Pimby Tale, Adventures into Imagination. He is also a well-known, compelling keynote speaker who has addressed key groups at institutions such as Columbia, Presbyterian, Memorial Sloan Kettering, Stony Brook University, and Leslie's Week. And he's also an adjunct professor. Welcome, Robert Hardy, to the She's Invincible podcast. It is just so fun to have you back here again. You know, we only have four men a year, right? So so you are taking your place for 2022 right now. And I am so excited to celebrate with you today on the launch of your brand new book, OMG, Robert (laughs) Party, your brand new book, A Pimby Tale, Adventures into Imagination. I am so excited to bring this today to our listeners. You guys buckle up. You're about to go on a little adventure with us today in a celebration of this amazing author and his fabulous new book. Let's do this. Let's jump in. We can't hold them up. Let's tell them they're waiting. Let's jump in. Tell these listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Well,
2: first I have to say thank you, but before I even answer those questions... So, am I the only man to come back twice? Yes. Ah, okay, then I will go forward.
1: <laughs> Wait, what would you do? If I said no. <laughs> did you have a plan for that?
2: <laughs> I did not have a plan for that, and that's what makes me invincible. I just go with it i I, I wing everything. um Now there's a lot I, I you know that's it's such a great question because I think invincibility is not static and so what made us invincible maybe before the pandemic is different than what makes us invincible now and all all those types of things so um, but one of my you know if I have my utility belt of invincibility one of the tools in there is just to wing it like it's not taking things so seriously somewhere along the line we're going to navigate our way through um, which sort of will tie into the whole book, right? Um, so, and how did I get here? Well, right now I'm sitting in my house in Italy um, and there's a huge storm <laughs> outside and you froze for a second at the beginning, so I hope I didn't miss anything too, too fun. Um, but, you know, I've been making a lot of conscious decisions Um, I've always made conscious decisions, but I've really been embracing more this idea of authenticity and just opening up and, you know, seeing all aspects of myself. So I got here by reintroducing myself to my inner child, who's called Robbie, by the way. So um, and that's what brought me to the point to write this book.
1: Amazing, amazing. So, tell us a little bit about a Pimby tale. Give us just a little, little bit of the backstory of this.
2: Sure. So, you know, I was a really creative kid. Um, I loved telling stories. I loved fantasy. I I loved coloring and all kinds of other things. And. I didn't have the easiest childhood. And I had a little imaginary friend when I was a kid um, that I would speak to. That morphed into journaling, honestly. My journaling today is sort of more talking to myself or asking myself questions. You know, um, like when I journal, it's more the whys. Why did I do this? Why am I thinking this? Why, 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 why? So um, I just accumulated so many lessons that, I would have loved to have been told. Or if I had children, I would have loved to share these stories with my kids. And one of the things that I never experienced, but I think is fundamental and marvelous and just probably a joyful experience is to read to your child. And I pictured this book as sort of that, but as I started writing it, I realized, wow, there's a lot of stuff in here that, like, an adult can remember, right? So it's penned in the voice of my inner child and also the voice of my imaginary friend. <laughs> um, so it's whimsical. It's not going to be, you know, this type of deep maybe Brene Brown type book. This is a fun book. Just go with it. You know, let yourself be, giggle, laugh, be a kid, um, and hopefully share it with your kids, right? So that's sort of the backstory. Um, PIMBY, I'm a big acronym guy. We could sit here all day. I could probably list a hundred acronyms. Uh, every day I like to come up with an acronym. I don't know what it is. Um I actually wake up with them sometimes, which is a little weird. (laughs) So, but a Pimby, this magical creature in the book is a mix of possibility, imagination, magic, believing, and the last part, the why is you. We're not separate really from the magic. That's sort of what I wanted to convey. And so that's what a PIMBY is.
1: Oh my gosh, I love that. And I love what you said about it being like such a, a fun, easy read. Uh, it's whimsical. I remember the first time I read it on and on the computer, which it's really hard for me to read on the computer. Like I need a book or listen to something. Uh, But I remember like I couldn't wait to get to the next part and what was gonna happen next. And yet I remember that end feeling that it was like, I just got a lesson. I got a life lesson of the most important tidbits of wisdom that you would ever wanna have imparted on you. And uh, I just, it left me feeling like, oh my gosh, You know, the schools should be teaching and talking about these things instead of math. And, you know, all these other things, I mean, they're important. Not to say they're not important, but, you know, how smart are you if you can't stand up to the world? How smart, how much can you believe in yourself or achieve if you're not believing in the possibilities and having an imagination for your future? And I really found this book to bring the light to that. And so I really, my hope, and you know, for me, uh, I am excited to read this to all of my grandchildren and to leave a copy for each one of them, which hopefully I can get autographed. I'm gonna need nine right now. (laughs) We're (laughs) at the number nine count. Uh, But I, you know, that is, as I read through that, that's the only thing I could think of was, wow, how precious are these, you know, the knowledge and wisdom of these lessons and what a legacy to be able to implant them into the little humans in my life so that I know that as when I'm gone, that they will have what they need to carry on. And so I just am so excited for it. And I want to say thank you so much for, for putting this out there, because the, this is what the world needs now. And I really believe your timing is impeccable, uh, you know, coming we're not even out of the t- the pandemic, but you know it's been a really hard almost two years, and the world needs this now. The world—they're all starting to like search for what is really important, and this is perfect timing because this is where you really show where that is, and it's so beautifully written.
2: Did, did this? There's so much you said there that I, I just I I can't help but not comment on. Yeah. Um, first of all. You will have every book autographed. You know that. So how could I say no to Miss Invincible, first of all? Uh, Second, you know, the idea of schooling, having some life skills, uh, I would love to see that. I would love to see sort of those ideals imparted at an early age. You know, I... We've spoken once before, but you know, I, I grew up with an alcoholic dad and that taught me, I am so thankful for that, even though that sounds really crazy. Cause that taught me life skills. It taught me to depend on myself. It taught me resilience. It taught me grit. It taught me imagination. It taught me a bunch of different things. And, and I would love for those things to be discussed, but you know, one of the things in in everything that you were just talking about now, right, like coming out of the pandemic and, you know, we're, we're all sort of searching for something. When I was writing the book, and I remember I, ta- I spoke to a publisher, she had said to me, you can't publish this book. And I said, why? And she said, well, you talk about kids riding their bicycles and the parents don't know where they're going and there's no... Um, oversight. And and I said, you know what? I grew up. My mom and dad didn't know what I was doing. My friends and I, we climbed trees. We fell, we ripped clothes, you know, we cut ourselves. and um, And that was a schooling. And now everything is so programmed for children that they don't know the value of true play. They don't know that Should I climb up one more branch because it's a little thin? Is it going to hold my weight? You know, or falling and being embarrassed in front of your friends and they all laugh and you laugh with them, it makes it insignificant, right? And you have your, quote, posse. There are so many things that I look and I I saw my niece and nephew growing up and I thought to myself, wow, like there's... There's parts of play that are so important that don't exist anymore. And part of what the book was about for me as well was also reconnecting to play as an adult. I mean, um, who is it? Uh, Picasso has a quote that says, the second part of life, and you shared that with me, actually. You were the one that shared that with me. Um, The second part of life is to learn to be a kid again, basically. And wow, yeah, why... And if you think, if you ask a child to pretend to be an adult, what happens to their face? You know, they get all sort of sour and proper, and those are all important. I'm not saying go out and be reckless or whatever, but um, it's, it's imperative that we feed that inner child. And so, you know, what you were just saying there about after the pandemic, kids having to homeschool, kids wearing masks now in school, connection is so much different it's 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 imperative that we help children express themselves i agree the the book is for two people right it's it's for adults and it's for children so i could go either way because even as 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 adults we have to remember to have a little fun (laughs) <laughs> well, I was going to
1: say that I know adults that don't know this yet. They have not come upon this wisdom, and they're still living their life as we say, sleepwalking. Right? They're not living their best life. They're not living out loud. They're not taking chances. They're guarded. They're think about like some of the people that you meet that I meet. Uh, you know, it's insane. And so, you know, just to think that you could impart this upon a child, that they could grow up with this, what a rich life you have really given them the opportunity to live. And there's still hope for their parents, right? <laughs> and that's that's really what I want to say about that is if their parents didn't get it yet, there's hope for them too. Uh, there'll be the teacher and the student and they will arrive together and they will learn together and they will grow together. And I think it's the most beautiful thing. Oh, I love it. Okay. We got to jump into this. So okay. we talk about magic and, uh, imagination, possibilities, all of these things. Some of the, I, I just pulled out a few things that I read in the book that really struck me that I thought would be fun to talk about. And then of course, okay. I want you to talk about whatever comes to mind. So, uh, but a few of them right off the top are like making room for magic. Um, having childlike curiosity and limitations that stop people from believing in the magic. And you just said that so beautifully about how when you ask a kid to play like they're a grown up and they're like all stiff and straight and serious and not good. Right. And yet it it is really what that looks like. So tell us more about this magic that you speak of.
2: So, okay. That's, it's such a, it's such a great question that, that alone we could spend like for forever. Um, so, you know, exactly what we were talking about earlier. Magic is, is really wonder, right? Um, it, it, is, it is embracing things, not being so logical and stiff. I remember that there's a comedian, which I can't remember his name, and he was on, I, I think it was Conan O'Brien, I can't remember, but he said something like... Um, It should be illegal for people to complain when they're on a plane, on an airplane, because they're sitting on a chair in the air (laughs) going to a new destination. And that's sort of what I mean by magic, right? It's just, you know, don't take things so seriously all the time and look for those unexpected moments or things happening, Um, you know, meeting somebody or even... You know, I, for example, you could call it divine intervention. I was supposed to be at the top of the World Trade Center on September 11th. I had a breakfast meeting at Windows on the World and I I canceled it. And instead of just thinking that I'm lucky, I like to think about how there's some sort of magic in all of that. Even when I create things, right? You know, I like to think that All this creation that comes out of my my head, um, there's some sparkle there, right? So, what I mean by magic in making room for the magic is, you know what? Stay there and be more curious and look for the wonder. Don't just chalk everything up as black and white or with logic. It's it's a lot more fun. I mean, Einstein is one of the people that really if you really read his work talks about that all the time you know that it it is it's it's magical it's curiosity it's being a child it's all these things that's where we cuz we're the only people that can we're the only things that can create that is it you know okay we can say that maybe a you know, um, a beaver can create a dam and stuff like that. I don't think they're consciously thinking about the shape or what it's going to look like, or, you know, if they want a couple of doors here and there, but we're creative.
1: It is part of our human nature. Why not wear that and be in it? I love that. And, you know, I read that in your book, the story about September 11th and how you, uh, had changed your plans last minute and, um, uh, I, there's, I don't think I see an airplane in the sky that I don't stop and think about that story. And I think we really need to embrace that. Those are just imprints in our, you know, life that we hear a story like that. And then those are the things that that um, really are unique moments that take us back and remind us of how magical life is, right? And I, I do, wouldn't you agree that, you know, if we would just stop trying to control it so much, I know you think that's funny coming from me, but wouldn't you agree that life is more magical when you're not trying to control all the outcomes and everything that you're doing?
2: Okay, everyone has has heard that Cammie has asked the question about control, right? Because um, knowing Cammy is to know someone that likes to know all the answers. Um, so that's exactly it there you know first if you if you want to talk about some of the most famous entrepreneurs, they go with the flow. They never have a hundred percent of the information they say eighty eighty percent is enough to pull the trigger um the other twenty percent you'll you'll find along the way, but a river the the physicality of a river needs to flow. And that's exactly that whole part of the magic is to sort of let things flow. Now, of course, we have all these fears. We could get into a whole bunch of things, right? But, and especially as we get it, get to be adults, there's security and, and all these other things and, and we create these fears and we don't want things to flow. We want to be more in control. So we feel that we're going to be safe. Um, that's a, a very funny dynamic because we can't control. We, we really can, even though we can think we can control our bodies, we can eat well, we could, but you know what, if we have a genetic disposition or if we fall and we break a leg or, or whatever the case is, so there has to be some letting go. And what you just said there, I, th- I think, is part of that. Um, I just wanted to call out the, the September 11 thing was in my first book, Chasing Life, not, not this book, which is the whimsical book. Um, but there are, there are moments that if we just let ourselves be amazed, it's wonderful. I don't don't know a lot of people that allow themselves to be amazed by things anymore.
1: I find the less I try to control, the more amazed I am. And I think because I think that things actually, when you're not controlling them or thinking you are, they actually turn out better than you even could have imagined yourself. Right. And then I think that's where the magic is, too. And I think that's such a cool thing
2: that 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 is where the magic is and, and you know that that all requires all those things like surrender and, and all this other stuff right but um that ties into possibility you know yeah. there are we are blessed i call myself all the time i i believe i am possibility in action i i believe that we are born as possibility and there are so many different things now yeah i had some tough life experiences um could I ever imagine myself living in a small little medieval town in Italy? Uh, no, but I allowed myself to live within possibility. Not what's written because of the degree I have. You know, I have an MBA from Columbia University and people are like, you're wasting your degree. I'd, I'd, I'd rather waste a degree and not waste my life if we really want to get down to it, but I don't think I'm even wasting it, right? It's all about stepping away from what the the construct of what we're supposed to be and open ourselves up to all the things we could be. It's your life at the end of the day, right? Right? Yeah, So you get to decide. Yeah, don't you want to leave as somebody that embraced possibility? I don't want to look back on my life and have regrets or look back on my life and think, wow, I really played it safe. It's just me. So that's possibility.
1: Yeah, I love it. How would you suggest uh, to people who are trying to control and maybe they're living in that fixed mindset, how do you, what would you say about those limitations? How can you start to drop or kill off those limitations?
2: Well, you really have to understand. Such, it's such a great question. Um, there's, there's so many different things, but you need to understand where the limitations are coming from. Really, who, First, whose limitations are they? One of the reasons why this book is written in a way that it's talking about an eight-year-old, uh, an eight-year-old child that's going to turn nine is because they basically say we create everything between the ages of seven and 12 or something like that. We as- assimilate all the beliefs we have. And then, because of the environment we're in, we use a cognitive bias. And we keep supporting those beliefs. And if we really want to get into it, the problem with what's happening in the world at the moment is we all have these individualized news feeds that we're only seeing the world the way we want to see the world. And so therefore it's got to be our way or it's no way. And we are just forgetting that we're part of something else. So that (laughs) I could go down that road, that, that rabbit hole. But so The limitations, you have to ask, where do they come from? Define the limitation. It's usually based on a fear. Is the fear valid? And fear is future focused, first of all, so no fears really are valid. Um, They're just in a hypothesis. And, you know, there's a lot of other things. If you start to accept the fact that you know what, no matter what we do, we all die. (laughs) Then all of a sudden you're like, do I really want to live limited? So that's another aspect, but really it's understanding where does it come from? Because 99% of the time, it's just something we've assimilated and we continue to feed and we believe it.
1: Such wisdom, such wisdom. So... I love what you what you mentioned in the book about being flexible, like my mind is open to creation and imagination and uh, to be flexible. And I think you just covered that so well in that of just and I remember you said something to me once about um, in a conversation about what is that costing you? What is that thought or that belief costing you? And I think this that message ties into what you're saying right now. So go there just for a minute about that, because I think this is so powerful and it's part of what you speak about, right, as an international speaker. So tell us about that.
2: You, you It's a perfect segue because what my mind is open and I'm flexible and all that is, right, that is all about being receptive to, to everything. And if you just repeat the question, cause there's a, there's a word that you use that I just, I, I, I want to pull out.
1: So the question was, uh, we talked about what does that belief or Okay, the co- cost, the cost. sorry, yeah, yes. the,
2: the, the cost, yeah. The, no, the, the reason, the reason I wanted to focus on the cost. So um, if you think about rigidity, Rigidity doesn't mean that you're able to bend like bamboo, let's say, but you, you know, you're not flexible. It's the, the opposite of flexible, right? Um, and so in that, you are sacrificing so many other things. When you're rigid, your yeses are rigid and your noes are rigid. But every time you say yes, you're saying no to something. And every time you say no, you're saying yes to something else. So understanding the opportunity cost is what's really important because there you'll see the more rigid you are, the more inflexible, the more it's costing you because you're not in abundance.
1: And you miss opportunities, right? Exactly. Like,
2: you're not you don't open to all them. the opportunities. You don't see them. You don't see them. So it's, you know, and this comes from economics, but opportunity cost is you are, if you think about it this way, you are time. You are the physical manifestation of time. And so where are you investing your time or where you are investing your time? You're also investing a piece of yourself. And don't you want to see all the different opportunities that will nourish you. And so it's keeping the blinders on like this. You, 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 you miss it all. You miss everything that's going on around you. Um, you know, they say something like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to forget the exact number. We make 20,000 decisions a day, supposedly. I can't remember where I get the, st- the statistics comes from, but basically 90% of them are even unconscious. That's part of the flexibility, opening yourself up to making conscious decisions, being more aware. It's not necessarily something that, you know, is well flushed out in the idea of the book um, because that is a topic in and of itself, right? But it's just to yeah. tickle these ideas.
1: They're like sprinkles
2: it. of all these different little colored sprinkles everywhere of different things to to talk about. The great thing would be is if, People talk about the lessons to go deeper.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's that, you know, I actually was thinking like this would be such a book, like a book club study to take people through these parts of that and even hear different perspectives from different people on the same topic and i just think almost like a mastermind i think that's the most amazing thing is to bring those those thoughts and those possibilities and imaginations together and like really think about what that looks like and how to conquer each of those things so you can live your best life now oh i love that idea i i know i'm here to present all the ideas today (laughs) so this has been so great so let's go to and i'm going to put these together Um, lifelong discovery, being active in your life, and the blank piece of paper in your mind. Okay.
2: The blank piece of paper. That's where it all starts. And so let's go back to how we've assimilated all this information, right? Yeah. The idea is to say, start with a blank piece of paper, what do you want on that piece of paper? You know, what are your beliefs? What are your values? What are your dreams? What are your wishes? What is your personality? It's, it's just, it's crafting, right? So part of the whole, like, like you put those, all those pieces together, assimilating information is rather passive. Being active is, does this serve me? do I want this to be part of my thought process? And so I, I absolutely, you know, you know, the song, um, Natasha Bedingfield unwritten, right?
1: I love um, that song.
2: I love that song. I love that song, but that's really what it is. I have all these different metaphors, right? Where, you know, take the pen in your hand and start writing your story, pick up the chisel and start sculpting your life. Uh, it's all that that action, by the way, if you sculpt your life, that means you actually have to take things away because the sculptor starts by getting rid of what doesn't serve them anymore. So I like putting the two of those things together, right? Sculpting and writing. But the blank piece of paper for me is. We, because we are so creative, because we are blessed with imagination, we have. and. I talk about it all the time. I, I love a kaleidoscope, so um, I could go walk over there and get my kaleidoscope and show you. Um, but we we have the ability to color our lives. That blank piece of paper. What are you going to put on it? Make it colorful. Make it shine. Make it sparkle. Make it. You know, that's that's the blank piece of paper.
1: I love that so much. And I love what you talk about, about that creating and the masterpiece and taking the chisel and taking away the things you don't want. I love that. Okay. So, you know, on the She's Invincible podcast, uh, we are here to spotlight these experts. uh, And the whole purpose around that was because women, for especially women, and some men who might be bold enough to admit it. Uh, are constantly comparing themselves and coming up short. And I want to talk about this as it relates to a Pimby tale um, about that. You say in the book, humans are the only ones who have these negative behaviors of comparison, and it distracts them from how special they are. Tell me a little bit more about that.
2: This is... It's a, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine, really, because comparison has just gotten so out of control. Um, there, there really is, you know, I think about it, like Instagram and, and Facebook, you know, not many people are really posting an ugly picture or some real-life stuff, you know? Um, and so this idea of comparison the grass is always greener, that, that whole type of thing, right? Well, first of all, let's just, as fun, let's think about, you know, there you are, standing at a fence with a hose in your hand, looking over at your, your neighbor's lawn. The water is going over the fence, so their grass always looks greener. And what's happening in your, your lawn? Well, you know, you're shooting the water over the fence, looking at their lawn, so your lawn is not green. You, you, the grass is only greener where you water it. And what comparison does, because I think comparison is corrosive, if you really want to use that word, right? It is corrosive. Comparison stops you from valuing your uniqueness. And somewhere along the line, we've gotten into this idea of, you know, we all have to be the same and everything else that comes with that. But isn't it amazing there will never be another Cami as you are, right? In fact, we can, we can extract that to the point that there will never be the same moment in your life ever. You, I know you like to go to Aruba. Every time you go to Aruba, it's different. You have a glass of wine today, a glass of wine tomorrow, the same glass of wine is a different experience. So comparison closes us off. Comparison makes our world so, so small. And it's something that nobody else does, right? Well, nobody else, sorry, but I'm, I'm talking as if you know the trees and the animals and everything are, are, are people, but there's a nature to everything. Everything has its own inherent nature. So do we. The thing is, though, our inherent nature, mine is different than yours. Yours is different than somebody else's. And so... What I find extremely important for people to understand is it is when you connect to your uniqueness, when you start to value it, that your life becomes your own. You will travel through the years you have. And if you think about all the time you spent watering somebody else's lawn because you're comparing yourself to them. Now, the opposite of that, or not the opposite, but the other side is admiration, Surround yourself with people you admire. Help them lift you up. That's a different experience. Comparison brings you down. You look for all the things that somebody else has that you don't. It's a negative mindset. And so that's why I I pull it out in the book in the way I do is because you know what? There's no other, the character in the book is Johnny. There's going to be no other Johnny. Just like there's no other Cammy, there's no other Robert, there's no other, and damn, I want to know that I arrived at the end of my life watering my own lawn.
1: Right? Right. That is awesome. Oh my gosh. Okay, so a couple more things I wanted to cover here, and then we'll jump into some of the other juicy stuff. So um, you talk about in the book that we already know where to find the treasure. So, and I think we just really led up to that very well. So yeah, we yeah, so let's talk a little bit about that, about this well, treasure. Well,
2: l- l- let me ask you, right? Where is this treasure? We can search the whole world up and down for our treasure. Our treasure is us. We are our own treasure. It's our purpose. It's our passion. It's our uniqueness. That's it. It's, it's all inside, right? Um, and, and, and I know that you rightly so said, wow, you know, it's like the Wizard of Oz. You know, she, she went looking for all these pieces. But at the end, you know, all she had to do is remember there's no place like home and click her heels. What I've realized throughout my life's journey up until this point is the idea of home home is inside us home is not the structure home is not even the relationships it's how open we are to everything within that home and in in the book part of johnny's adventure is to find that magical home and that's where that's where the treasure lies this is so fabulous it's it's just it's wonderful right that's That's the concept of coaching, but what's very funny is what I'm talking about now is what Socrates and Aristotle and all these people have, everyone's been talking about it forever, but there's so many different fears, anxieties, stresses, comparison, all these other things that stop us from just looking inside, and once we Connect to ourself. Wow. Talk about invincible.
1: Yeah. That yeah. is so true. So true. Okay. So the light. Oh, I think this is my favorite part of the book. And so I don't want to give away too much. But the light, the light that comes... Uh, from you, I'm just going to say that. Uh, the yeah, light that uh, comes from you, from everyone, everyone has their own light, and it just uh, just goes out into the world. It is my favorite, favorite part. And it's not even a part, I mean, it's basically what the whole book is about, right? I, I, oh my gosh.
2: I was, just, I was just about to say, if you think of everything that we're saying, it's summarized in the light. Because you have your own light. You are here. And th- this is my belief. And a lot of people say, oh, but that's so woo-woo or whatever the case is. You know what? It, c- it can be. Um, I find joy in living this way. And I'd rather live joy- joyfully. But I am here to shine my uniqueness, my light and however that happens it doesn't mean everyone has to go around being a coach or a guru or a shaman or the president or anything like that it it could be in just giving giving yourself to whatever you're doing for like i talk about you know purpose is when your passion comes in and this is not in the book but purpose is when your passion comes in alignment with your values and it could be as simple as cooking a meal when you give yourself to that because you're cooking that meal And what purpose is, is to give away the results. It's not to take a picture of it and put it on Instagram. It's to see the joy on somebody's face eating it.
1: Absolutely. Don't let the
2: meal get cold because you want to get the right picture because of the light so you can post it on Instagram. Sit down and enjoy your meal with the people you're with, right? So the whole concept is about we all color the world. And if we connect to that, that in our uniqueness, we become a light, like a gemstone, in a huge mosaic. Well, isn't that amazing? And if you really want to talk about perfection and all that other stuff, if you look at ancient mosaics because I happen to live in Italy, so you know I get to see ancient mosaics those stones were cut by hand. they're all imperfect but it's the imperfections that create the depth of the mosaic. And so we don't need to be perfect because that's what creates the depth in our light to shine in the world and create that mosaic. And so that's the light.
1: So I have to confess now that the first time I read this book, a pimby tale, I I was changed forever because of the light. And so now I find myself in moments of my own life where I I will actually say out loud, everything is pink. Or uh, how can I make this light shine brighter? Like if it's not the best day ever. Like I find myself now saying that and really measuring what is happening in me and around me by what I think and feel, according to the measurement of this light. So obviously my light is pink. uh, And so when (laughs) I look into the sky and I see pink and I think, that's my light, right? That's mine. That's my light shining. Uh, and if I if I see a different color, some days I see orange and then I think of other people. Everyone has their own color. And I love, love, love that about the book. But it really did help me with my perspective of how I was living my life based on how that felt. And sometimes in a, in a really um, amazing, overwhelming, happy moment, I just look out there and I feel like, man, the whole world is pink right now, and it is so cool. Is it have cool? To tell you, it is so cool, and I just, you know, it's so exciting. I hope that um, maybe there'll be a place somewhere on your website or social media where, when people read the book, even maybe in there, that's what you could do in the book reviews when they read the book and they go to Amazon and they leave that review about the book to encourage them to put in there what color their light is
2: oh that's that's you are amazing with these ideas so you know i just i i wanted to call out because at the beginning we talked about magic and all that other stuff that's the magic i'm talking about you see pink and you're like, that's my light. And I know it sounds corny, right? Especially for a guy. Like here I am. I'm, you know, talking about light. But I think it all the time. Mine's orange. Uh, <laughs> so hello everybody, I'm orange. Um, and it's a specific color, orange. I have a painting in front of me that is the color orange. I could turn us around, but then you know, it would be all. It will all get dizzy. Um, but I do the same thing. Why would I not? want to have that type of play and magic in my life. And so, and it is a way just to remember, you know, we pressure ourselves, especially as adults, to want to do our best all the time. You know, but our best is, is not sustainable. It depends, we might feel ill, we might be stressed, whatever the case is. But if our intention is to always be emanating this beautiful light maybe it's dim today tomorrow it's going to be a little brighter but the idea of that's a measurement of where we're standing i just i don't know i it's the way i live and so a lot of this book was it's based on the way i started seeing life and it starts from my childhood of course um but then my, my wife uh, was was diagnosed with cancer at a very young age, and our experiences through that and understanding joy was always there. And I realized that all these different pieces, I just gave them a whimsical name, but we were living like that. We were living in joy and play and giggles um, while doing all the real stuff as well, because life should be harmonious. The idea of life is balanced is a little more difficult because you know we only have a limited amount of time and stuff and we have to work. But if it's harmonious, meaning that we're living purposely and consciously and, and full instead of being busy, let's be full, not be busy, um, all of a sudden there's, there's space for the rest of this.
1: I'm so glad you brought up Desiree. So we, we have to tell, we have to give a quick telltale here of um, Desiree, who she was, who she is, and, um, and share her color, share her light with us. This way we can think of her. She would be so proud. She would be so, I know she's cheering in heaven right now for you today, but share that because this way, as the readers read the book and they see light, they'll see her light too.
2: So, um, and Desiree is my wife. I know I'm supposed to say my late wife because she passed away, but she is my wife. Um, an amazing woman. I met her at 17 and she was just extraordinary. And I watched, I say all the time, my being with my wife was my awakening, but I watched her evolve. She became the head of palliative care at New York Hospital, the founding director, while she had metastatic breast cancer, and she passed away in 2009. Um, But an extraordinary woman and taught me so much. So in her evolution, interestingly, her color changed. So when I met Desirée, she was pink. She loved pink. Pink, 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 pink. At some moment in time, she gravitated towards spring green. And I only learned later on in life about chakras. So green is the heart chakra. And it's a specific color green. And I think it it really had to do with even though she was dying, she was growing. I mean, she was, she actually, if you want to go down Maslow, she self-actualized but this green was her color. And I literally, I, this sounds really bizarre, but, you know, by the end of her life, I saw her light more than I saw her physical body. And I can attest to, it was this beautiful green.
1: And isn't that the way it should be? Shouldn't we all see our light even brighter than we see our own self? our own body, our own life and just strive to have the brightest light that we can in this crazy, crazy world. Yes. Amazing. Amazing. So, y'all, when you see green, I want you to take a minute, pause and send some love to Dr. Desiree Party as her green light continues to shine. Okay, here we go. So, (laughs) the last thing here on my wish list is um this quote that you you give and um i just love to have you share a little bit so it is imagination is the fuel that allows you to plan for the future understand the present and remember the past i think we just did that didn't we we
2: we, we did we 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 certainly did
1: and that's oh, the magic that, that that we just showed everyone what magic really looks like without we didn't even have a plan that we just really evolved into a place today uh and that is it and i'm going to read it again because that just sent shivers imagination is the fuel that allows you to plan for the future understand the present and remember the past o-m-g robert party okay Uh, th- th-
2: th- thank you for sharing that, because that's, that, that's something extremely important to me. And, you know, when people think of imagination, they think of pretending. And so, you know, you're not in this type of imagination. You're not pretending. This imagination is all about possibility and being open and abundance and creativity. And it it is it is magic it it is magic you if you think about anything that we see in the world someone thought about it in their mind before they actually built it right yes
1: they um, did
2: so you know the stuff we're talking here what i what i talking about here what i'd like people to do is allow yourself to be open and Embrace that, that childlike enthusiasm and curiosity. We have, and it's worse now than ever, we have become habituated to labels. And every single word comes with a whole bun- bunch of emotion behind it. Doesn't really when we're a child. It's all new. Right. And then we put yeah. all these things. So when we're talking about imagination here, it's just being open. Right. It's 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 using those beginner eyes to look at things. That's why you your past, and this is sort of you know what it means to be possibility in action. Yeah, it's good to understand your past. Don't live there. Don't live there. Take action today because today is what you have, right? This moment shall never come again. And imagination allows us to really embrace what the future could be. Again, I'm living where my great grandfather lived and left over a hundred years ago in the middle of Italy. I showed up not speaking Italian, um, not having basically a cent to my name because I was teaching English for eight bucks an hour um and it was my imagination that allowed me to see possibilities
1: i mean i could never have planned
2: this appropriately
1: no you took that blank piece of paper didn't you
2: I and did. you color yes. you
1: colored all over it and you <laughs> and outside you, the
2: lines and outside <laughs> and
1: you created you created the life that was your was possible for you then, and you know yeah. that's the coolest thing ever. Is that you're never done, right? You're always creating. So, like that was what you created then. What look what you're creating now, and what will you create next?
2: I have to, I have to pull out that point because wow, what a great point! Um, and we've been talking forever, your poor your poor audience. But um, that idea that. It's never finished. It is so important, I think, for people to understand that we, this is going to sound horrible, people just accept it, okay? We're going to die unfinished. There's no way we're going to be finished. And don't allow yourself to be finished. Be, be, be constantly learning, doing, trying. You know, this book is dedicated to um, my paternal grandmother, which her name was Mary, but she called me her fella. So she was grandma fella to me, because um, I was her little fella boy. Um, and she never, she never stopped being a kid. She, she really didn't. Um, but because we are going to die unfinished, and it will never be finished, stop trying to get it all right. Just think about what is the next move that's aligned with you. Because you know what? All that planning in the world, there's only so much we can control. So that was such an important point. I had to come back and, and just grab onto it because, yes, it's never finished. Am I going to live here forever? I don't know. What's next? I don't know. But I'll figure it out. I'll use the I'll wing it. Because I'm invincible.
1: That's awesome. I can't wait to see what's next. Okay, let's do this. Uh, yeah. Let's tell our listeners where they can find you.
2: Oh, sure. Um, the best place is to go to my website, which is uh, robertparty.com. They could also go to chasinglifethebook.com, or they could go to now pimbytail.com. Uh, or LinkedIn. Con- I'm always on LinkedIn. Face. I do have Facebook and Instagram, but I barely use them.
1: Well, congratulations again on your amazing, amazing new book that just came out, A Pimby Tale, Adventures into Imagination. Now, you know, this has been so much fun. Uh, and I just enjoyed every word, every bit of conversation around this magic and imagination and possibilities and all of the things. And we promise our listeners that we're going to bring them amazing experts and we're going to share amazing, amazing content for them. And you have done that so well today. And I want to remind our listeners to click the link in the show notes and order that book right now because you are going to want to read it first and then you want to share it with everyone in your life. But we also promise our listeners that we are going to pull back the curtain. See, we made you look so good today. (laughs) Right? We showed all the great stuff, but nobody gets to see your journey. So they're still thinking, oh, that lucky guy, he lives in Italy, he's writing books, and he's living his life with imagination and possibilities. But they need to know a little bit about that journey. So since you were here with us in June for the launch of Chasing Light, I thought it would be fun for us to just go back from June. So it's been crazy. So there's a lot to talk about from June till now. But let's go back and let's give them the truth, the good, the bad, and the ugly of your journey over these last seven months. Let's Uh, do it.
2: Sure. Um, Okay. So the good of course is publishing the second book this book really chasing life is is about my journey with Desiree. a pimby tale is a 100 percent expression of my personality it's a movement towards vulnerability and just throwing my inner child out there and so that's the good i mean it's just i just feel amazing about it um The bad and the ugly.
1: Let's go with the bad first.
2: Yeah, let's go with the bad. So, um, okay. There was a little silver lining in in the bad, but um, I spent New Year's in the hospital. Well, actually, the emergency room and then um, unexpected surgery uh, here in Italy. So, but wonderfully they did give me a little prosecco um on new year's eve (laughs) so even though i was all drugged up and recovering from the surgery so um so i guess that was the bad and and the ugly they told me not to drive they told me to avoid driving because it's a clutch and the incisions and i just was really not going too far but i backed up into a wall (laughs) but it wasn't really a wall as much as this like big rock that i didn't see that actually bent my wheel so my car will has now been in the shop for two weeks um, because of supply chain issues i don't know when i'm getting my car and it because I didn't understand my whole Italian insurance policy, when I actually signed the policy um, because that type of damage is not covered. And that was it's a pretty big chunk of change.
1: So major surgery, a uh, little car accident that cost a lot of money. And you still put out the most amazing work in this fabulous book a in detail. Adventures into Imagination. And I cannot wait to hear what our listeners have to say about it. So if you're listening right now, click the link uh, to the show notes, order that book. And once you've read it, make sure you jump into our Facebook group and put your comments in there. Let us know what you learned, what you loved, and how you're going to live differently now. uh, Because of what you learned in that book and and just enjoy it. It is amazing. I've actually read it twice. Cannot wait to read it nine more times to my grandchildren. And And you're
2: going to love, you didn't see it with the the illustrations. My cousin drew the illustrations and she just did an amazing job. Uh,
1: Amazing, amazing. And I'm just amazing. Okay, so before we go, I'm going to have you finish this sentence. The world would be a better place if more people knew blank.
2: The world would be a better place if more people knew their value lies in their uniqueness.
1: Amazing. There you have it, you guys. Your value lies in your uniqueness. And you just got to hear from Robert Party, my friend that I get to share with you and the rest of the world this amazing best-selling author of now his second book a in tale adventures into imagination and i don't this know where tough. you are in your life or your business but you guys if you're face down on the ground right now get back up get back up you can do it tell them you tell them Robert. oh
2: you you, cer- you certainly can do it and you and you know what There's no reason not to get back up. Don't spend the rest of your life licking the mud in the street. Really, you know what? It's your journey. Make it what you want it to be.
1: Get back up girls, get back up.
0: Hey, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please subscribe to the podcast, give us a review and share us with your friends. For more information about me and how I can support you, please stop on over to my website at camylehman.com and book a free call with me. I'd love to meet you and learn more about how I can support you.